Welcome to the 158, Isolation Edition. This week we're going to try something new in the form of doing a Zoom call. We're on a call this week with our buddy Chris Barkley. Chris is a good buddy of ours and a Canadian musician. Be sure after the podcast to go check out his music on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube. Enjoy. Today we have a different type of guest. Uh, we have musician and week hockey player Chris Barkley with us. Uh, Chris is a massive ambassador for the veteran military community. Um, I'll let him share a bit of his story. Um, he's going to tell us a bit about himself and music, and then uh, we'll get into how he's connected to the military. So, Chris, if you don't mind, uh, tell us a bit about yourself. Well, first of all, what's up, boys? Thanks for having me on this. I'm, I'm pumped. This is my first ever podcast, so I'm pumped up about really? this. Really? That's Dude. awesome. Yeah. yeah this, is our first, this is our first Zoom one. There yeah. you go. There you go. Yeah. I love it. So uh, it's our first year, but I'm, I'm pumped to be here. Thanks so so much for having me. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was a hockey player my whole life and um, lost a bet, wound up playing music and writing songs in Nashville. So, um, you know, I still live in Canada, I live in Ajax, Ontario, but uh, yeah, no, I was a hockey player my whole life and lost a bet and wound up playing music. Nice. So. I, I, well, you don't just, just play music. Uh, you've, you've had some accomplishments along the way. Uh, you won its upcoming artist with Boots and Hearts, correct? Uh, yeah, two so twenty uh, uh, twenty eighteen, I think. It's two years ago, two summers ago, and uh, yeah, it was the Emerging Artist Showcase uh, at Boots, and and that was uh, quite a thrill. Um, you know, because we ended up in the wild card fan voted section, so we didn't even really get picked to be in the top finalists, and then the fans voted us in, which was one of the coolest experiences, just because. You know, any musician knows, and, you know, Derek obviously will tell you, like, we do what we do for ourselves, but we also do it for, like, for the fans and for the engagement and to kind of, like, you know, to kind of, like, you know, reach out to people and, you know, make people feel a certain thing, whether it's, you know, excitement or if it's a song that has, like, a story behind it, we want to tell you that story. And so we're doing this for ourselves, but we're doing it for the fans. So to, for the fans to have voted us to get on to the finals uh, of that of that showcase and that competition, it was one of the coolest feelings uh that i can describe and um we were lucky enough to go on to win the whole thing and and uh yeah quite a throw so that that boots and hearts anyone from ontario knows what boots and hearts is but there might be some people watching from bc that's never heard of boots and hearts it's not just a small summer festival this is a a, this is a lot of people go to this and it's full weekend uh so it's it's great that you had that much support uh, you are a hometown you know, fans. It's, it's, definitely one of the, yeah. it's definitely one of the bigger festivals, right? I think uh, last year they had like something close to like, I don't know, 40,000 people or something like that. I mean, it's not a little festival. So, you know, to be recognized on that level um, was a huge accomplishment for me. Just having been in the business a lot of years, it was kind of a bit of uh, uh, recognition or I don't know what the word is, the kind of just like, you know, validation of just, hey, I'm doing something right here. You know, something happened that was that, validated the years of work i'm sure you can relate to that you know that i've done something and i have a reward that validated years of of you know 
pre yeah. practice, preparation, trial, and everything else. I use the analogy of hockey all the time. Like if you, no one wants to practice every time uh, you want to get on the big right. stage and actually perform. Um, oh, what, what was the biggest show that you had done up to then? Before then? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, they kind of started to blend together. I mean, like I said, Derek, I mean, Derek will tell you. They, yeah, they, you guys you know, played together, right? For uh, we have played a couple of times together. Yeah, yeah. Not like, uh, you know, not as much on a regular basis as, as maybe we could be. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Derek's been, Derek's been in with us on stage uh, several times. Yeah, it's, uh, but uh, just trying to think of the, the biggest, um, I mean, probably the Havelock Jamboree is another festival in Canada. Um, yeah. In Ontario, it's uh, close to, well, it's in the town of Havelock, close to Peterborough. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll get more into that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's coming up no, later but, uh, on, that's for sure. Yeah, no, but that's probably the next biggest one. But to get up in front of that many people, I mean, it's a complete rush. You know, it's it's like game seven of the playoffs. It's like, you know, I mean, that can, yeah. you know, it's it's one of those things where it's it's one of those things where, and it's another thing that I know you can relate to. It's like that rush, that, that burst of adrenaline that you get, it's yeah. like it's hard to replace that, you know. And so when you don't have that, you're kind of like, it's almost like a bored feeling because you're kind of like trying to get back to that feeling of what stimulates you and what really kind of like drives you, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so you ended up doing Boots and Hearts and then you won that. That's with Warner, right? And you got to release a video yeah, with Warner. Yeah, um, my debut single, which is called Love You Like That. Um, funny enough, we played it uh, in the final of the Boots and Hearts showcase. You only get to play one song. So we ended up using, we, I said to the band, I was like, boys, I'm losing. And I'm not a nervous person, you know, before a show or anything, but I was losing it. Because it's like, again, your hopes and dreams are on the table here. It's a, it's a big deal. And so I said, boys, I don't know what to play. And they suggested to play that song that I had just written called Loved You Like That, which wasn't even a song at the time. And we went with it and we played it and it worked. We won. And then getting to work with Warner Music Canada was was amazing. and. Um, you know, just kind of the experience and all the learning and everything that went on with that. And we put a bunch of songs to the table and that song rose to the top again. So my band believed in it. My producers believed in it. And so did uh, my team at Warner. So we went with it and um, it was a really cool feeling to finally, after like eight years, finally get a song out. Yeah, no, that's great. Congratulations, man. Thanks, uh, so I, we actually met through Derek. So uh this is, we haven't even known each other a year, I think now. Um, Coming up on our anniversary, I hope you buy me something nice. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, it, it feels like we've known each other for a long time, though, to be honest. We've ended up having a, a good relationship, but we ended up meeting because of Derek. Uh, coming out, playing for the RBC Canadian Open at the CEO's uh, party. And yeah. it was like that. I knew you through Derek, but like. You know, it's like you're playing music, still trying to be friendly and nice and meet you. And then at the end of the night, I see that you have an RCR applet on your guitar strap. And yeah, I think then, I happened. To, I think I happened to notice one of your tattoos, and I called you on it. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, and, and then, then you showed me the RCR. Talk, if I remember correctly, I, I caught one of your tattoos when you were trying to help carry one of the pieces of gear, and uh, you know we got to chat, and I told you a little bit about my, you know, support and and kind of. You know, yeah, your buddies with that are RCR as well, and um, yeah. so then and Patricia's. I'm not trying to be, you know, just you know, <laughs> I'll pull an alley here. You know, we, we've given you the honorary status of uh, 
being a chicken fucker. I got so a, I, I got a good. I got a couple of really. I got to We got to get to these some of these stories. I got some really good ones, man. Of just the whole honorary RCR thing. I'm telling you, it's it's classic. It, it, some of the stuff is just ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> uh, I gotta check out for one second. Yep. Wait, did it cut over to me? There we go. Because speaking of Patricia's, I've got something for the background, so I'll I'll check out and be right back. Okay. Okay. <laughs> He is a Patricia, so he, you just heard his feelings. He's got to go. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I said so, I got Patricia friends, you know what I mean? Jeez, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then in the summertime, I, I had the honor of coming and watching you perform live. Uh, you were performing at the Beer Fest in Toronto, uh, yep. opening for Brett Kessel on the Complete Country stage. And, man, you're, I, knew, like, I knew that you must be good because you're on Boots and Hearts and you win. But then I was actually really surprised. You came out, you shocked us all with uh, Sean Mendez on oh, the country yeah. stage. Come on. Don't pretend uh, like you don't like Sean Mendez. Come on. Now. All right. <laughs> no, all I thought, right. I thought I it was talking great. About, you know, I'm talking about you know, people from the military. I'm understand that everyone's hardcore and hoorah. But I'm just saying, if, yeah. if, a, couple, if a couple good Mendez tracks, come on, don't pretend your toe ain't tapping. Let's be serious, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, you brought over I mean, it was a country stage, and as soon as you started with that song, it did seem like it brought over a different group of people, for sure. That stuck around for all the country stuff, too. And then yeah, you opened for... It's super uh, high energy. The song we played, I think, was holding me back, if I remember correctly. And, you know, just I, I can't say I know I like, his songs. <laughs> I, just like to, I, just, yeah, I just like to have fun. Oh, there he was. There he comes back. All right. I see you out there. Uh, I see you, bud. Gotta get that in the. Yeah, you dirty Patricia. I love it. I love it. So that you open for Brett Kissel, and I haven't been a huge country fan, but I've definitely been put onto it. Uh, The wife's a country fan, and then meeting Derek, and then meeting yourself. Now I'm. I find that I'm listening to country all the time. so I didn't really know Brett Kissel that well, his music and stuff. I knew that he was popular. I knew his name. But this guy seemed like he was, he's just like such a genuine guy. And well, I he's mean, a big Brett's name. A cool, and, yeah. yeah, Brett's a cool dude. I mean, you know, like, you know, I met Brett on several occasions. And, you know, we were able to hang out a little bit backstage. And he even asked, he's like, you know, obviously never has to do this. And, you know, Derek will, will attest to this. The headliner never has to do this. But say, hey, man, you know, why don't you jump up and sing one with me? You know, so halfway through yeah. the set, he invited me to come up and sing one. And, you know, it's a really cool moment, I think, and, and something that, like, uh, you know, the farther I progress in my career, I hope that I can create moments like that for other artists on their on their come up, you know, and be able to turn around and, hold, you know, like, as an example, like, you know, Brett holding the door and saying, hey, come on up here, hang out, let's, let's have a drink, uh, you know, let's sing a song, let's, you know, do the thing. And, you know, hopefully one day it gets to a point where I can turn around and get the artist that's opening for me and be like, hey, man, or hey, girl, you want to come up and, and sing one and, you know, do something on stage together? That'd be really cool. And hopefully I can yeah. create a moment for somebody else like what Brett did for me because it was really cool. Yeah, that's, that's true leadership right there, right? Um, yeah, uh, so at that, though, I got to meet Mr. and Mrs. Barkley who are way cooler than you. I knew they were going to make their way into this podcast. <laughs> I didn't know how you were going to roundabout bring that up, but I knew you were going to do it. So Mrs. Barkley was telling me that at a young age, you were convinced that you were going to be a special forces soldier. Listen, I, I, can, I can specifically remember playing mini sticks. Everyone knows what mini sticks is. And yeah. then when I got forward to play mini sticks, I'd flip it upside down like it, was a, like it was a rifle and then pretend I was looking for bad guys in the basement. Let's not pretend that I didn't do that. All right. No, I, I lost. Last year, let's not talk about it. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I saw you doing that not too long ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so let's roll into, you go to Havlick again. This time you're not performing, you're hosting, right? Well, I've performed and hosted for years. I, I, oh, wow. I think I performed at it uh, twice, and I've been hosting them. I think I just did my third year. Wow. So, so that, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been really cool. Havlock's been great uh, to me. The staff there are, are phenomenal, and, you know, they treat, they treat my family and I really well. So, um, you know, I hats off to Havlock, and, um, yeah, it's an honor to be a part of it every year. And they have a military portion of their festival as well, is that not? Well, funny enough, so, like, life's a funny thing. Um, it's the first year that they really did, like, a huge, you know, they were just trying it out. They wanted to support the military in any way they could. They wanted to support veterans any way they could. And and this was, I remember, ha- I just remember having a phone call with one of the organizers in Havelock and saying, hey, we want to do this. You know, what do you think? And I was like, you know, hell yeah. Like, I mean, you don't know me. Like, you know. I, I was taught how to march drunk at Boots and Hearts. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm talking <laughs> about right here, right? And that's yeah. a true story. I have a, I have a T-shirt because of that. I have, a, I have an RCR <laughs> T-shirt. Because a buddy of mine, we had a bunch of beers. And do you remember there was a thing at Boots and Hearts? And do you remember there was um, – Derek, can I remember the most? There was a hailstorm, and it, like, wiped out Boots and Hearts. 20 20- – so it was still it was still in it was still in Bowmanville at the time. Yeah, twenty sixteen. It like wiped out. Yep. Um, yeah, wiped out. You know. In any case, we got back to our. We were trying to watch a show at that time. We ran back to our campsite, and uh, the civilian. I was camping with all military. At the time, I was the only civilian, and the civilian's tent's the only one that never took in water. Okay, <laughs> so that's not <laughs> that's because you didn't have enough beers. Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. That's right. That's right. But anyway, they taught me how to march that day because I was like, boys, come on. I went over to the one guy and I was like, hey, man, you want the civilian teacher how to rig your tent? Because I'll keep it dry Ooh. out here. You just you yeah. just follow me, young buck, and, and he just didn't like that too much, right? So, no, no. In any case, so they taught, me, they taught me drunkenly how to march, and so I learned how to, you know, stand and salute and whatever else. And they said, okay, you're one of us. They like, got right, here you go. And they gave me, like, a T-shirt that has the, like, logo on it. I the VRI? Like, I have it up in my closet to keep it safe. But. What's, what's the VRI stand for, then? <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I don't even know what it stands for. <laughs> don't. Well, don't, you're a pickly. That. That's why. Because you, know you know I got some military trivia, so don't pull that card out this early, okay? Let me get warmed up, have a drink first, then we'll get it done, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's talk about your uh, quick two-hour posting with the military and the Skyhawks. Then, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I referred to this as a stint one time, and <laughs> I was put in my place in a hurry. It was a it was a stint, and I'm sticking with it. Okay, <laughs> uh, as the host as the host of the Havelock Jamboree, they said, uh, you know, because we're doing this military thing, um, would you like to? jump out of a plane with the Canadian Forces Skyhawks? There's only one answer to that question. <laughs> For me, it's no. I, I, don't care, I don't care who you are. I mean, you know, you have a different perspective, Matty, but I don't care who you are. If someone calls you and your whole life you've been like, hey, you know, you've idolized the military. Like, I view, I view, you know, the military and, like, veterans, like, I view them the same as I view celebrities and rock stars. Like, I, I'm, like in awe of the accomplishment and the sacrifice, like it's a big deal to me. So when you have that opportunity, it's like for you, Maddie, who was like, yeah, I want to go play hockey with Alex Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby. It's like, yeah. you're going to go play, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for me, it's a big deal. It's like, man, I, it's an opportunity for me to experience how patriotic I am and how, 
uh, you know, supportive I am and experience that in real life, it's like, there's only one answer to that question. Right. Yeah. And so, so this is a bit of a story that I don't take too much time here, but, um, they basically, it was like, I got in the car or a truck and I drove from, I was hosting the day before. And then I woke up, they took me from Havelock, drove me to Trenton air force base and basically said, all right, see you back at Havelock. <laughs> <laughs> one way or the other see you back at Havelock like oh geez you know so I go yeah. rolling in I go walking in and I'm trying to find like I guess the Skyhawks office or whatever and I finally get in there and right away right away the military humor starts and they didn't know that I got military friends and I know how they roll right right away <laughs> right? I didn't even I didn't even and the first thing they did the first thing they did they didn't even say how you doing it was right away next to kin form. It was like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to be here. I'm Chris. How you doing? You know, <laughs> next to kin. Okay, perfect. So I yeah. fill that form out, and they take me into the room uh, with, you know, with like, you know, like I guess like the where they get all their gear together, where they pack their their shoes and all that. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, whatever you whatever you'd call that room. And you know how someone's telling a story, and you walk into the middle of the story, and it's someone says something like really inappropriate. Yeah. So I walk into the room. Okay. This is a military podcast. So you guys will under the people listening here will understand this to no end. I walk in the room with the, with the captain of the team and he brings me in. And in the middle of this, as I walk in, I hear, so anyway, that's why they call it dildo. I was like, Oh, (laughs) 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 this is who I'm hanging out with today. Turns out, that's the guy I was jumping out of the plane with. I was like, the dildo guy. Yeah. Nice. The dildo guy. However, he like that. talking about, I think he was talking about Dildo Newfoundland. I think that's a thing. Oh, okay, we were talking okay. about the town. Just saying, that's there. where I walked into. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, sure enough, we go from that room to a different room where the team goes through their protocols for, like, you know, that was kind of the Macarena, but it was, you know, um, <laughs> what they do when they come to, you know, they check this and they pull that and they, you know, and they do the wave before they pull the shoot and, you know, all their things, right? They're going through their checklist, right? And so one of the guys comes over, he's kind of like leading the congregation and he comes over, he might, you know, must be like a warrant, you know, or something like that. He comes walking over and he's going, everybody's got their, 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 whatever, like piece of kit, whatever. And everyone's like, check, 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 check. Got to the, got to the guy I was jumping with. And he, all I heard was like, <laughs> you know, and then the guy comes walking over. This is out of a movie. The guy comes walking over and he's jacked and he's like, can I ask you a question? what's wrong with you? <laughs> and he's got this whole demeanor. Like, I swear, man, it was out of a movie. And he, you know, and this whole back and forth went on, you know, as you can probably imagine. Um, yeah. So we walk out and, um, and uh, we get all the way through to, uh, you know, the plane and, and here we go now. Oh, by the way, I got a two minute tutorial about what to do when leaving an aircraft. That's perfectly fine. You know, I got <laughs> well, you went tandem anyways, didn't you? Well, and the guys, this is the military humor I was alluding to. The guys are coming through one by one. I'm trying to get my tutorial. First of all, I have yet to see a harness. Yet to see a harness, okay? <laughs> We're about to walk up to the plane. I have yet to see any kind of PPE, okay? <laughs> and the boys are walking by being like, oh, yeah, like talking to the guy that I was jumping with, being like, oh, yeah, did you fix the broken springs on your parachute? No, 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 I'm like, oh, yeah, no, funny. <laughs> like, you know, like, anyway. Uh, so, so we end up, I, I get my tutorial about what to do, 
And I, I finally see a harness, which is comforting. And uh, I cinch that thing onto me. And he's like, yeah, you're good to go. I'm like, no, I'm not. Pull it tighter. I want that thing just like, you know, melt that thing into my shoulders. I want to know that's on there good. Anyway, we get on the plane. And it's a Hercules, which is the coolest thing ever, by the way. You know, just to have that back door drop out. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I've, seen, I've seen every military movie ever. So right now I'm living a childhood dream, you know, <laughs> is yep. seeing that back ramp come down. And it's like out of a Hollywood movie. And it's just like, holy moly, you know. Then I'm sitting there in the plane, okay? And if anyone who's tandem jump before understands this, they open the plane at, at 2,000 feet, okay? Back door open. Guy looks at me and goes, hey, keep the seatbelt on. I don't want you to get any funny ideas. You're not wearing a parachute. Keep the seatbelt. <laughs> How many more seatbelts do you have at this point? Like, I want every – the plane door is open. I've flown lots of times in my life. They check the door five times before they fly. It's closed. <laughs> you just open the door and you're like, okay, Chris, like don't unbuckle. You don't unbuckle my seatbelt. Jeez. These animals are lying at the edge, hanging off, like upper body hanging off, holding my ankles, checking the wind. Yeah, baby, you're an Hercules. It's flying. Right? So now they throw streamers. I don't know if you guys know this. They throw streamers, yep. it checks the wind. The streamers land 500 yards west. They drop 500 yards each, counteract the wind and all that, right? Let's not get into the physics. Then they close. I'm looking out there. I'm like, yeah, we're high. This is cool. They close the door, and they went from 2,000 to 12,000 in like 20 seconds. Yeah. Like, first of all, let's talk about how powerful those hurts are. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we get up to elevation, and everyone thinks it's funny except for me. Okay? And I'm trying to play it cool because I'm like, you know what? If I, if I let on that I'm – you know, a little shaky, then the boys are going to let me have it. You know, I grew up in a hockey changer, but I know how this goes. Yeah. So I'm playing cool. And I kind of was cool still at this point, but I'm definitely playing it cool. No big deal. I've done it a hundred times. By the way, the guys are snoozing on the way up. Like having them, I'm like, when in doubt, rack out. out of a perfectly good airplane. I don't nap on regular airplanes. Never mind what I'm about to leave intentionally. You don't even nap on the West Jet? No. Oh, God, no. <laughs> No, that was that seat don't recline far enough. Okay. <laughs> now I'm in this plane and now the guy says he does this. I don't know, you can't really see my lap. I'm not far back enough. But here, in my hands. If they use this video, it's gonna be classic. He goes, All right, man, and slaps his lap. I'm like, a grown man just told me to sit. <laughs> oh my god. You gotta sit like on whoever you're jumping with lap. Right? <laughs> not necessarily a comfortable situation. Now now obviously I choose to sit as close to his kneecaps as possible. Okay? <laughs> I, am, I, am, I am trying to get to know the dude, just not that much. So uh, I'm sitting as close to his knees as I could, and this dude grabbed me by both hips and, like, like you could have said move back, big cat, okay? <laughs> I would have scooted back, all right? This guy cinches me in, and I'm, I'm like, now he's yanking the things as tight as they go, and I'm like, yeah, keep going, like, give her, you know? Now. I'm attached to a dude, okay? We're kind of doing the penguin walk now. You guys have jumped out of a plane. You listen to jump out of a plane, understand? It's a, it's a penguin walk, okay? We're up in the plane, and I wanted to go first. Here's why I wanted to go first. I did not want to watch a human being fall out of a plane in front of me, okay? <laughs> That's valid. I would probably want I to wanted to be the first yeah. one. That way, it was like I didn't have any precursor. All of a sudden, the door opens, and the door, and it comes down. Like my sound effects? I sell them online, $1 a piece. Anyway, <laughs> the door opens. The doorman, who's got the coolest job, he's like hanging out. He's like, you know, looking at it. He's like, 
you know. And uh, I realized you're probably not going to use some of this video, so that's probably pointless. I just had a really good impression. But um, so we find out I'm jump. We're jumping second. I'm like, God, you know. Wait, what so, did you call the jump master? The doorman? I call him the doorman. He's like a him. bouncer at a bar. <laughs> Oh, he's the doorman. The master. <laughs> hey, doorman. Yeah, he asked me for ID, so he's the doorman, like the bar, you know? Oh, my anyway. goodness. Anyway, so I'm up there. I'm cinched to my dude, and he's like, and we talked about this. We talked about this. He said, dude, if you want, you can just curl your legs up, because our feet are beside each other right now at this point. He goes, man, you can just curl your feet up underneath, and I'll walk us off the plane. Or if you want, you can walk off the plane, too. You know, but if you get to the edge of the thing, don't hesitate at the edge of the plane. When you get, if you're going to walk, you're going to go. As soon as you commit, go, you know? And I'm thinking to myself, like, my grandfather retired as a warrant officer, served 20-something, almost 30 years military. He would come out of his grave and slap me three times if I curled my legs up and did not <laughs> yeah. walk my own ass off that plane as a grown man. You know, so, so you bet. I, I, I'll try to look back and I'm like, Dude, I'm walking. I got this. Had a quick look around. I'm the only one without a helmet. Have you ever seen <laughs> have you ever seen tandem jumps? The, it's always the pro that gets the helmet and the the rookie is there no bucket. You're expendable. No bucket. I'm like, <laughs> if you have a motorcycle and there's only one helmet and you bring someone on the motorcycle and never been on a motorcycle before, you give them your helmet. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why the host of the Half Block Jamboree doesn't have a helmet. Anyway, so we're lined up, we're ready to go. And uh, so the guy goes in front of me. And if you've ever seen someone fall out of an airplane, they just disappear. It's not, they don't look back and wave like Wonderland on a roller coaster. They're gone. See ya. You know, the plane keeps moving. And it was like, the guy gave us the, you know, this one, you know, whatever that, whatever he does. And then I felt the tap on the hip. And then he over my shoulder gave me one of these. And it was like, all right, game on, baby. And just took five steps and jumped my ass out of the plane. Nice. That a boy. Yeah, came out of the plane doing like a backflip. There's a video on YouTube. You should check it out. It's a pretty cool video. The Hawk, the, the Skyhawks put it together. It's a really, they did a really good job with it. And uh, I think I dropped, have seen it. We dropped right into the, uh, the festival and uh, they had a mic ready for me. And then I got, I hit the ground with like, like gently slid in, didn't hit. Uh, and they gave me the mic and it was like, that was my entrance as the host. So, Incredible. you know, I was a tuxedo short of James Bond. This is really what happened. So <laughs> That's one badass entrance. Might not Pretty get cool. to like, you again. Hopefully you do. Like, What's up, Emma? You know, doing the hype thing. But, I mean, Pumped I was up. Buddy, it was like doing like 85 espresso shots back to back. You know, it was like, <laughs> I was juiced for like, they were trying to tell me not to drink. Because they're like, man, if your adrenaline's this spiked and you start drinking beers, like, you're going to be flying. And I'm like, that's what I want. Let's go. Let's start the party. <laughs> Fire it up. Let's get it going. You got to give the people what they want, you know? So uh, how did you end up with, uh, you've been working with uh, Wound Warriors Canada lately too, right? Well, that's how I said life's funny because they were there. They were there at Hot Block when we were there doing that whole shebang. And I met, you know, a bunch of the organizers of it and, and uh, kind of just told them the story of, like I said, and we haven't talked too much about my grandpa, but, like, how close I was with him and, and his military career and um, how many friends that, you know, I kind of grew up with and have made over the years that are, you know, currently serving and, and have served and, you know, how attached I am to it, like, you know, and how much I celebrate the accomplishments of, of our veterans. And 
I kind of explained all that to him and, and he said, man, he's like, we're, you know, we'd love to, you know, talk further with you about it. And I've kind of been just made myself available just to help, you know, I don't want anything you know, from them or whatever. I just want to be a part of the support because I think more people should, uh, should recognize, you know, the sacrifice and, and, and what's really gone on that lets us live the lives we get to live. And it's not celebrated enough. I don't think. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a big part of, we were discussing how, how we're going to do these episodes for the podcast. And then it was, do we keep it just military and veterans? And uh, I know personally, I've really appreciated other support that don't have to show as much support as someone like yourself. And so I, I, we all agreed that having someone like yourself come on and hopefully we can have more guests like that too. So veterans know that there are people out there that do care uh, and want to go out of their way to help out. Um, well, there are. I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one like, like who knows what Medusa is, you know? I'm sure I'm not the only one that knows what 2006 was, you know? I'm not the only civilian that knows who Jody Middick is. Or, you know, who Rob Furlong is. Like, I'm not the only civilian who knows these names, I bet. But I definitely am one of them. And if I can help 10 more people understand who these people are and what they've done for our country, you know, that's 10 more people that can tell their friends. And, you know, I just want to kind of do my part. Um, I truly do believe my mom, you made the joke about my mom, but I truly do believe that if, you know, music wasn't working out for me and hockey, hockey didn't work out, that that was definitely a, a definitely a solid career path that I had in mind for years. So, um, Hockey definitely wasn't going to work out for you, just so you know. No, no, no. I, I'm, well, I, I'm well aware. I'm well aware. Have you guys ever been on the ice at the same time? What's that? Uh, well, actually, in uh, we went to the Wounded Warriors hockey game, the Trent one. Yeah, the uh, CFB, it was the CFB Trent and Pontiac class. Unfortunately, the weather wasn't that great, so I didn't get to show phenomenal. off my skills so much. It was, a, it, was a, it was a nice Not for the ice. Too. It no, the weather nice itself was perfect. With a very light breeze, uh, <laughs> snow coming down. Unfortunately, the ice was melting. Is what I was getting at. The weather was phenomenal to be outside and enjoying. Games. Your ankles, your ankles, and your hands were melting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> can, I, can I interrupt? Uh, I just want to interrupt. Can, just even some of the veterans listing. Can you explain what Wounded Warriors is and what it represents? Absolutely. So Wounded Warriors. Um, <laughs> In the short time that I've worked with them, I've just learned a whole bunch about them. Uh, basically, they they uh, it's a program for uh, they help with the mental health quite a bit uh, for veterans. Um, and I, what I what my favorite part about the Wounded Warriors is that eighty three cents of every dollar that's donated to the Wounded Warriors is going directly into their programs, and their programs are completely funded like within themselves. They don't go; they're not taking that money and sending it to a different organization. So. The you know the dog the dog therapy that they have that they offer uh, it's done it, when they graduate the dogs from their program get a wounded warriors you know uh, vest that they wear when they're working and uh, they have equestrian therapy that's all done so, by the uh, organization. I can speak from someone that's actually participated in some of these. Uh, I've done the equine therapy; it's phenomenal. I uh, it's it's crazy to be put in a situation with. Yeah, uh, another animal that can just feel your vibes if you're worked up and not even like you can present yourself one way, but a horse will be able to tell what's actually happening inside of you. And it's very, very interesting to be working in that kind of atmosphere for your own self work. Uh, mm-hmm. And then they also do another one where it's a uh, tribute to your service. So you and a significant other get to go away to a super nice resort. I went to Quebec and New Brunswick. 
and they do it for solos too you can do it without a spouse if you want to yeah yeah but it's nice that you can bring the spouse the like, option yeah absolutely yeah absolutely. it's it's phenomenal like it, it, there's not too many programs out there that are including the spouses and this app absolutely is the equine therapy is uh done with a significant other as well so it, it could even be your kid so it's they get to learn a little bit about you and you're there to learn a little bit about yourself. So then you can combine it together and uh, have a much healthier relationship. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, I just love that, that so much of the, of their money that they receive or that they raise uh, and is donated gets put directly into their programs and everything that they do is like, it's their, it's their program. You know, it's, it's their dog program. It's their horse program. It's, you know, it's the, the program you just mentioned that it's like, it's all funded for like their own thing. They're not, you know, there's not, there's no, there's not many people with hands in the pot there. So, yeah. uh, you know, I just love how, how, how honest they are and how, and how much they really do care, um, yeah. about, uh, about the veterans and about the mental health. And I think that's such a huge aspect. Um, you know, I listened, uh, to your, to your last episode, Maddie, I know you're just getting into it on episode one. Uh, and you're coming out with the next one, the other half of it. And, you know, I think there's lots of people that could probably, you know, relate to that. And, and uh, I mean, it's a really helpful program. So getting back to my point about the civilians of like, if I can, if I can get my message out and kind of show my support and again, mention those names and say, Hey, this person did this. It's amazing. It's amazing. Not a lot of people in the world can do this. Not a lot of people in the world have it up here to do it in the first place. Now they're trying to deal with it. They need help. You know, yeah. mm -hmm. so if I can get that message out and, you know, 10 more people tell their 10 friends, and they tell their 10 friends, then all of a sudden there's a lot more people that understand what really happened. I don't think enough people do. So, yeah. I want to give you an opportunity to talk about your grandpa too before we, we wrap up. That's for sure. Before we move on to that, who, who is Wounded Warriors for? And what, the reason I'm asking that, wait, am I coming through on this? Yeah, yeah you're good. You're good. Yeah. You, you get a lot of veterans who go, oh, okay, that's for someone else. And, you know, we'll mention the 06 tour you mentioned, or, you know, someone's always given more. Like, that's a lot of the attitude with guys. Is it, is it I, only I, I, for... Yeah, go ahead. Is it only for veterans that were in Afghanistan? I, I'm, I'm sure that it's not. I can't speak to that. I'm not necessarily an expert. I, I just love to support the cause every way I can. I encourage anyone that has any interest to reach out the staff's really friendly check the website out um but yeah. i'm almost i'm almost certain that you know there's a there's a process to go through to get involved with them and i would i'm almost certain that you can i don't think it's just for any one particular tour or, or so anything. that's that's yeah, I can Matt, speak from might. yeah from uh being a participant uh and an applicant if you will uh i know the equine therapy before it's kind of switched up uh it's not the same i know I can't really speak on that because I'm not involved with it. Um, but I know when I went through it, uh, it was pretty much if you have an OSI, which is operational stress injury, uh, then it's a word of, like it's it's an honor thing. Like if you if you call, it's because you want to be going, and they assume that you don't have to provide documents. Is what I'm getting at. And then uh, with the tribute to your service, uh, I don't think there's any like osi involved or anything like that it's just legitimately if you're if you're someone who served and you're interested in getting away and getting yeah, an escape yeah i think to touch on what Jurgen was saying too I, I think a lot of people kind of think and i obviously i'm not speaking from any kind of 
place where I have any idea, but the way I see it with the people we've interviewed so far is there's a lot of, oh, well, maybe I, maybe there's a lot worse than me. Yeah, and, yeah and, absolutely. And, That's and, and I think yeah. it doesn't hurt for anybody to try and reassess themselves through a program like that and just reach out and, and see how they assess you too. Cause I think that's a big part of yeah, it too. That, that's like every program that I know friends. I, I, first of all, I've made amazing friends through these kinds of programs. Uh, and, and that's the, the, the big thing is there's no dick measuring contest with this stuff. Mm-hmm. If you've been suffering, then you've been suffering. It's trauma is trauma is trauma. They say, and it, it's true. If you've been going through a rough year or something and there's a program like this offering it, then take advantage of it. It's going to do nothing but help you. Um, if you feel like you've been doing well and the program's there, but you, you've, you're you in a good spot and you don't you feel like you're taking away, I get it. But it doesn't hurt. I know one year I reached out and I said, hey, like yeah, I, I'm doing well. Uh, but if nobody comes forward, I, I mean, I'll fill a spot if you guys are paying for it anyways. Right. Like, and, and that ends up happening. And I ended up going on something because and I've had, I've been reached out to you before with soldier on, which is another program we'll talk about some other time for hockey before at the beginning and people weren't signing up. There wasn't much interest and now it's, you can't get on it. So at first they were messaging me saying, Hey, you want to come out to it again? And I was like, fuck yeah, of course I do. I want to go play with Daniel Alfredson. Why not? Yeah, yeah sure. so and then I've I've had great friends from that too, and that to me is the bigger piece than the program itself. Uh, depending on the program, I think. Yeah. Uh, but like the tribute to your service, you go and you meet people, and there's no agenda or anything to it. It's just having a good time and networking, and you just build your support system. Uh, and you don't even have to tell stories. There's no dick measuring contests. It's just you know you've been through some shit. So is everyone else. So you, you get each other kind of. But, yeah, I think I'm in. I think I'm in Derek's boat of like, you know, I can't obviously speak to the way that it is for people that have served and what you men and women have gone through. But you know, I think everyone faces a certain level of adversity, and I totally can attest to, um, you know, the feeling of somebody else is worse off than I am. You know, yeah. even myself, like I haven't served, but it's like I still got I still got my own shit. But you know, somebody else has it worse than me. And if, you know, that's, I, I just don't think that's the kind of, I think you should reach out in that, in that moment. I think when you're thinking, if you're thinking about it, if you're thinking, Hey, you know, do I got it worse? Someone got it worse. I, in that moment, you're already thinking about it. So just reach out to programs there to help. There's a, there's another avenue too, that there's a lot of guys that uh, they may not even be aware of it. They're afraid of the rejection. You know, I got released from the military. They feel an injustice. Like they've, been shunned or kicked to the curb and i totally get that and i totally relate to it um but you can't be afraid to reach out with knowing that there's other people reaching out too and maybe this one's not yours but you know keep on trying uh keep on putting your name in look for a different program uh keep networking with friends there's lots out there yeah it's so many yeah and we're gonna try and get them all shared as much as possible i do want to go back to chris though and let you talk about your grandpa i i I don't think you've told me what your grandpa did in the military. Have you? So, yeah, or was, was I, was I was, drunk? Uh, well, you're about to get all, you have to get all fired up, but he was armored for him. No, that's all right. He, uh, yeah. they asked him, they, he, that's he, the next uh, two guests on the podcast. What's that? Yeah. Our next two guests on the podcast coming up are uh, both armored Corps. There you go. 
they he was off a potato farm in New Brunswick, and he was already dating my grandmother. They were dating since they were 15 or something like that at the time. And he would turn, you know, 18 or whatever, and he said, uh, New Brunswick, so he said, uh, I'm going to go to Fredericton and find a job because I'm not going to be on the he farm. He ended up in Gagetown, too? No, no, no. Oh, no. dang. I was going to say, he's cooler than you. I've got something to relate with him. Yeah, I bet you. I bet you passed through it at some point, but he. Yeah, he, for sure. You know, uh, but he, so he went into Fredericton. He said, "When I come over from Fredericton, I'm going to have a job. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to come back with a job." And he walked into the recruitment office, and that was it. And, so uh, uh, how long they, was he? In? They were trying to. They were trying to get to figure out because my. So his brother, my guy, my great uncle, was in World War II as an infantier. I'm pretty sure, and uh, so his my my great uncle was telling my grandfather, "Hey." you know, you should, you should go Armor Corps. I think you should go Armor Corps. It'd probably be the best route for you. <laughs> and, you know, giving him a little bit of pep talk. Then he said, if not, the inventory is cool to whatever. Like, you know, he's giving him the big, you know, pep talk before he went into the recruitment office. So he went in there. Apparently the recruiter, great recruiter, goes, son. They all are. Son, would you rather drive from here to Toronto or walk? And my grandfather <laughs> just off the farm. So he goes, well, drive, obviously. And the guy goes, well, you sound like Armored Corps to me. Off you go. <laughs> I guess that's why the pitch now is, do you like camping with a twist when they're trying yeah, to get you to go to infantry? Yeah. Twist. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So off he went. He, he, his first, his, his onboard was, uh, was Pat. Oh, wow. Nice. So then uh, how long was he in? I, I want to say, I, I had it in my head. But it's like 20, 20-something years, 27, 25, something like that. Oh wow! Yeah, he, he, that's great. Oh yeah, he went from he went from a potato peeling private to a to a warren. So nice. Yeah, that's good. You got to be minute. proud of that. He was in it for a minute, man. He it was his life for a long time. Like he, you know, he, that was and even you know afterwards, like I mean, he'd be, you know, if he wasn't leaving the house, he was wearing a sweater that said "Army" right across the chest. Like I mean, he was he lived it. You know, he he loved it. He loved being that's a soldier. Awesome. He loved his. Loved his life that way. I think that's part of the reason why I am so into it, just because of how proud he was of of what he did and, and his life. And you know, I mean, yeah, it is, sure. it's a cool thing. And it was really cool. Was um, one of the one of the people that wounded warriors. His name is Darcy. I don't use a lot of names when I talk about retired military, just because obviously. But his name deserves to be said. And uh, he reached out to me and he said. I told him about my grandfather. We got into it, talking about it one night over a couple of drinks. And I told him the real, like the whole thing. And, uh, and he offered, he asked what we did with all my grandfather's medals and, um, you know, all of his cap badges and everything else. And I said that we had them kept safe, but we haven't really done anything official with them. And so he took them all and mounted them all in a big shadow box and dressed oh, it all amazing. up. And this is from the wounded warriors to your family for your support of, of the veterans. So that's awesome. one of the coolest, one of the coolest things and it hangs in my house and we look at it every day and we think of my grandfather and we think of, you know, all veterans. And, and again, just my family is very proud. That's amazing. The, the military is a community that I think most of us join with the intention of giving back in some way, shape or form. And it's amazing when we get support, we usually will break down our barrier wall of shunning civilians out and they don't get me to welcome those who are supporting us with open arms. I think that's a perfect example of it right there. Well, absolutely. And, you know, like I've always got along with the military community just because I grew up in the hockey dressing room. And, you know, aside from missing playing the actual game, you miss being in the dressing room with the guys, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So that feeling of the camaraderie and the and the teamwork and the you know depending on each other to get a job done. I've always got the military community for that for that reason. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, oh, by the way, Maddie, I totally forgot. I just saw this in the background. Hang on, I gotta switch the headgear for a minute. Oh, there you go. There you go, go baby. Out a boy. I'm hooked up now. Yeah. Um, but quick so, funny story about my grandfather. It, it, yeah. it, you know, not necessarily. I mean, you know, this can be taken a couple different ways. So I hope it's taken in the funny way that it's intended. Um, <laughs> but even in his, it, it is like you know, older years. Um, and obviously, you know. As a man gets older, especially after that many years of service, get a little stiff. And uh, he was walking out of the house one day. I mean, he had to be 80 years old at the time. He's walking out of the house all stiff. And maybe the loudest thunder that I had ever heard, the loudest thunder crack I'd ever heard in my entire life had gone off at that exact moment. He walked out of the house, okay? And this stiff, like two by four, walking out of the house, he heard the crack, he ducked, turned, rolled, and spun, ended up behind a vehicle. Like, it was like... <laughs> Whoa! And it was fast. I mean, he went, he moved quick. Like this guy went, he was 25 years old again, real quick. And I said, I said, Papa, you all right? And my dad kind of giggled and Papa turned around and he goes, sound an awful lot like a goddamn mortar shell to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, he was, that's the kind of guy he was. And, and again, you know, I just kind of built, you know, my support of the military through him and, and that. And, and then my friends started joining and, you know, I mean, I don't know. I still, I well, still, no, but no, I was going to say, it's great that your, your support of you're honoring the ones that are living right now and remembering the ones that have gone and you get to remember your, your grandfather through that journey as well. Right. It's, it's absolutely. I mean, it's great. my biggest thing, and it sounds like a bit of a cheesy saying, but I don't care. Uh, my biggest saying in this whole thing is that we don't need remembrance day to remember. Yeah. You know, and I think that's so important. I think, you know, if something crossed your mind, just think about it. Just, you know, it, it should cross your mind. The benefits that we have as a Canadian, you know, I think not a lot of people can take it for granted and they don't understand why. And, uh, you know, it's my biggest thing. We don't need to remember, say, to remember the sacrifice and, and, and service. So, yeah. Well, we appreciate your support. We appreciate you for coming on here and sharing stories and stuff. Uh, do you have anything coming up that you want to let us know about? Or? Well, I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> Does anybody? <laughs> Derek, Derek, Derek. Well, does anybody? Yeah, because of this, you know, because of this whole stay home deal, which I'm trying to listen to, you know, obviously. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, Derek can attest. Sometimes the music industry can be as secretive as the military. Um, yeah. So you know, you're now officially media, so I can't tell you guys certain things. You know what I mean? Soon as the camera on, hey, I said, hey, we're all in the books here, right? Yeah, well, I, I was gonna say more like shows and stuff, but yeah. everything's well, kind of put on hold, I guess, right? Now. I mean, we got we got new music that's literally like pretty much ready to go, just short of some of the stuff that we need in order to launch it. So, um, you know, new music's pretty much ready. I can't wait to to release it and keep it going and and that and uh, but for now, we're just kind of trying to stay safe and stay tough and and kind of battle through it, just like everybody yeah, else. Well, hopefully, everyone that's listening can support you like you've been supporting us and. Yeah, for sure. And be sure to check the show notes. I'll make sure I include all of uh, any, any places you can find Chris in, in the show notes as well. And Wounded Warriors Canada and yeah, their programs. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You good thanks to hear again? Yeah. No. Yeah, hey, Chris, thanks for coming out to the show. Yeah. Really thanks good. for having me. I hope, uh, hope the stories crack you up a little bit. And it's an honor to be a part of it. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to do this again maybe sometime. Perfect. As always, thanks for listening. 
please, 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 if you have the time, go check out our buddy Chris Barkley's music. You can find his new single, Love You Like That, on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. It would mean a lot to us and help us if you guys subscribe to the podcast and share your favorite episodes on social media. It would also be a huge benefit to us if you could also rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for listening.